You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. Today we're talking Brewers baseball, and we bring in Adam McAlvey, our Brewers reporter for MLB.com. Adam, in continuing with the uh, team's offseason theme of we're all in, after adding Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich, they signed Matt Albers to this two-year deal to help shore up their pen. First, I want to ask you, I mean, I know the last time you talked on the podcast was right after that came press conference. So, you know, with the, the Fan Fest and uh, all the other players uh, getting to speak about some of these acquisitions, what was the reaction from the rest of the team? Yeah, Alexa, what stood out to me about it was I, I had heard in the days leading up to that Fan Fest on Sunday, it was like three days after the uh, the, the deals for Yelich and Kane, and the fans were all sort of, energized by this because the question had been just how aggressive was David Stearns going to be or or was he going to sit back and let this team come back as it looked in 2017 and develop and sort of stick with the guys you got well all of a sudden they add these uh, pretty big time outfielders and what stood out Sunday is that the players reaction was just like the fans reaction you know they had uh, I guess there was a text chain going around with a bunch of the players where they were sharing their excitement, and Josh Hader said he was playing uh, the video game Fortnite, which I'd never heard of, but since then I figured out it's like the thing. I guess you, I need, I'm sure you're playing every night, but I, I have not heard of it yet. So I'm, I'm on the on same that. page as you. I learned about it uh, really when that story that you wrote came out. So, oh, uh, see? Yeah. Look, we're learning together, yeah. <laughs> so he was on there on the headset with Brett Phillips and some other guys, and that's how Josh Hader learned about the news. And it was just kind of interesting a kind of an interesting reminder that in, on some level these players are fans too, and they're pretty fired up uh, to see a front office um, sort of show belief in the core that they've got and um, belief that what they did in that surprising 2017 was legit and, and something that they could build upon and that it was time to go ahead and, and spend pretty significantly in ad and you know, we'll see what they still have in store. I, I, to me, this roster is not finalized yet. I know there's about 29 other teams in baseball that probably say the same thing, given the way this weird offseason has progressed. But I, I, I'm shocked if the Brewers don't have another significant add between now and the start of the season. And that's probably the craziest part. Uh, We'll get to that in just a second, who you think that ad could be. But let's start with the front office mentality because we know the fans are excited, the players are excited, uh, everyone all mixed together are thrilled. But when did this front office decide that they believed that 2018 was the year to be all in? Yeah, this was one of the more interesting things, I think, that came out of the fan fest is we had our chat with Mark Atanasio, their owner, and he described a meeting with David Stearns, their GM, Matt Arnold, the Brewers' assistant GM, out in Los Angeles where Atanasio lives full-time uh, in October. And it was sort of their chance to sit down, the season still fresh in their minds, and make a decision sort of um, about whether it was time to alter course a little bit. Remember, David Stearns came on at the end of 2015 and um, sort of set about this, rebuilding project he didn't he never used that word but look you can look around the league and see other teams doing it and it's often kind of a five-year process and the brewers are on that same course uh so what they had to do in october is sit down and decide is it right to sort of stay that course 
or is now the time to sort of be opportunistic and, and strike? Will we have money to spend and players that we like available and players that we like on this roster developing? And they made the decision, as, as Mark Atanasio put it, that winning in 2018 was as important as winning in 2020. So it was, it was really interesting because it, it sort of pulled the curtain away on this bigger question that had been, we'd all been kind of wondering for years of, you know, just how long they thought this process would take. And they never wanted to put a timeline on it. Uh, the way Craig Council put it, to it is you, it, it's, it's never any good to put limits on yourself. Um, but in sort of discussing this on Sunday, it was clear that sort of 2020 was the year that they had circled on their collective calendars. Well, now they decided that they liked um, sort of the moves, the, the way the moves they've made over the last couple of years have panned out. They like the players. They think there's development still to be done. And they thought that 2018 was the time to add. So really it was in October that they hatched this plan to go for uh, Christian Yelich and Lorenzo Cain. And that's not a strategy I don't think that, that many of us saw coming. The Brewers looked like a team really stocked with outfielders. But here they go out and add two more. Now that's part of why I think there's still work to do is they have a surplus at that position now that they're going to have to sort out. Um, but it was just very interesting to hear. And, and just one more thing on why those two guys, I think they addressed two areas. Um, defense was a question for this Brewers team last year. That was certainly an area that they could improve. Um, and strikeouts. Uh, the Brewers have been up there and lead the league in strikeouts the last two seasons. Um, both of these players are relatively low strikeout guys. So I think they were players that, you know, besides being really good players, just on the face of it, they sort of addressed these two major areas that the Brewers wanted to get better at. All right. So the best part for Brewers fans, for the players, for us, is that the team supposedly isn't done yet. They have, like you said, this surplus of outfielders. And now they're in hot pursuit of you, Darvish. Wouldn't that be yeah. an amazing addition to this rotation? Why does this acquisition make sense for them, though? Well, look, they, it, it, it looks like they need one more pitcher. Uh, they have right now uh, Chase Anderson, Zach Davies coming back. They picked up in free agency Jolie Chassin, sort of an under-the-radar pickup, but a two-year deal, a guy who was good for the Padres last year, kind of a reliable known quantity. They have Jimmy Nelson ahead of schedule, but he will miss the beginning of the season coming back from shoulder surgery. So, you know, if he's back June, maybe a little earlier than that, but, but sort of June is the date that at this fan fest, uh, their pitching coach, Derek Johnson, mentioned to fans. And then they have candidates for the other spots, like lots of teams do. But you can easily see room, if you're going to really try to contend in 2018, to add another starting pitcher. They have payroll available, according to Mark Atanasio, who confirmed on Sunday that they, have, they feel like they have space to add one of the big boys out there. He didn't name names. But you Darvish is obviously the, uh, the best starter left on the market, and there's been lots of reporting that the Brewers have been rather aggressive in their courting of Lorenzo Cain. Um, and then they've also been linked to Jake Arrieta all winter. There's uh, Alex Cobb and Lance Lynn are certainly guys that could interest the Brewers. So there are, the good news is this, again, this weird winter, there's lots of pretty good pitching out there. The Brewers have the money, they have the need, and now it's obvious to everybody that they have the, the motivation to do it. So we'll see. I remain skeptical on you, Darvish, because, it seems like a lot of the chatter is he was very comfortable in Texas. Um, he was, you know, the last 
two games, the World Series starts aside comfortable in Los Angeles, and that he's a guy who likes to be comfortable where he's at. He, he's a player who it's important to be in surroundings that are that suit him. So I, I remain a little skeptical about the Brewers at this time of year. Um, teams and offers and interest gets floated out there for varying reasons. And I wonder whether this might be a case where the Brewers' interest is, you know, getting floated out there with an agenda. So I, I'm sort of still in let's wait and see, but, but I think the bottom line is they are certainly motivated to add another starter. All right. On another pitching note, the Brewers front office said Josh Hader is going to begin the season in the pen uh, where yeah. he was successful, not as a member of the starting rotation where they need help. Why not? Yeah, that, right. That's you phrased the question perfectly, and that's the question a lot of, of people are asking. Um, the the simple answer is they feel like this is where he's most valuable. This is a bullpen game now. Uh, we've seen that in the postseason for a couple of years. Uh, Craig Council really utilized that attitude uh, down the stretch last September, and Josh Hader was a huge part of that. So the choice is. Um, look, Josh Hader is a guy who works almost exclusively off his fastball. Uh, he started using more breaking stuff down the stretch, including a, a changeup as kind of a third pitch. He's going to need all three to be a really good starter. So you can either trust that he can develop that third pitch and, and start him and let him develop as a starter, or you can pick and choose where you want to use him on a day-to-day basis in relief, Craig Council can pick the best spot in the lineup, whether it's for two innings, three innings, or whether it's for a batter or two, and maximize the matchups, let Hader work on this third pitch as he goes along, um, and get important outs in the middle of games. And they just feel like right now, uh, they, partly perhaps because of the number of options still out there on the market, they feel like they can fill what is you know sort of an opening in their rotation in other ways, and they can put Josh Hader in the spot where he helps them win now. Um, they say in his future, very well could start. He very well could make starts for the team this year. Uh, they just want the flexibility to use him in sort of a variety of situations at the start of the season, and that's why they're opting to do this. So, look, it's it's the great thing about baseball is you can debate right or wrong. This is a, certainly a gray area because if he turns out to be a really good starter, um, that's a need for this team right now. And they're opting not to have him be the answer there. And other storylines for the Brewers, because they seem to be grabbing all the storylines these days. Ryan Braun said he's open to playing first base to ease that outfield log jam that was created by bringing in those outfielders. Why is this transition going to work for Ryan Braun? Well, he is a former infielder, number one, just from a you know can-he-do-it point of view. Uh, he came up as a shortstop at Miami, um, moved to third base in the Brewers minor league system, sort of had a you know famously challenging rookie season at third base, but he was so great offensively that year. He won the rookie of the year. They moved him to the outfield, and he's been happy ever since. And he's always said, when this topic has come up, he's always said, look, put me anywhere as long as it's not third base. Um, so... It, it sort of makes sense as he gets 34 years old, three years left on his deal. Um, he's had back surgery now. Last year he was limited to 104 games because of a calf injury and a wrist injury. There's some health, you know, some health concerns with him, I think it's fair to say, and, and they want to keep him healthy and in the batter's box as much as possible. And the idea is not 
to make him the first baseman. The idea is to use him at, as part of a rotation at first base when the matchups make sense to do that, and then that frees at bats for this group of outfielders that they've got now. So it's kind of an interesting solution to sort of free some at bats. I still think we need to all be a little bit patient and see how this works out in the end. Um, if they trade for a starting pitcher, Domingo Santana is, is a very likely name to lead a package of players to go and return. So if he's out of the right field mix, you know, maybe you've got Yelich there and Ryan Braun plays more left than it looks like right now with Domingo Santana in the mix. I just think we need to kind of wait and see how this rotation plays out. But in the meantime, they're going to try him there uh, in spring training. It sounds like he still needs a first base and mitt. He'll have to borrow one from somebody, I guess. Um, and now yeah, just see how it goes. I, I think given his history as an infielder and having watched him for a year field grounders, uh, which was not the problem, the throws were the problem. So I, I think he's going to be okay uh, at first base. I, he's a pretty good athlete, goes without saying, and hmm. um, I think it'll just as a practical matter, it'll work. Then the question just becomes how much is this actually going to happen once we get into the season? All right, so you kind of answered uh, my next question a little bit here, but uh, we're talking about this outfield logjam, and I, I just want to know, and I know Brewers fans want to know too, what's the likelihood Domingo Santana is in a Brewers uniform on opening day? I don't, I don't know what, how else to answer right now except to say 50-50. Um, mm-hmm. You know, look, they're, it, from all indications, motivated to add at least one more notable starting pitcher. Now, the question is, is that going to be free agency where all it costs is some of Mark Atanasio's greenbacks? Or is it going to be, is the best solution they're going to be via trade? In which case, I think it's very likely that Domingo Santana, um, with four years left, 25 years old, 30 home runs last season, and, and plays a position where you've got other options, becomes a pretty likely chip in order to make a, a trade happen. So... Um, if, it, if it's the trade route, I think it's very likely that he's elsewhere last year. If it's the free agent route, I think it's more likely that Domingo Santana is back and the Brewers just kind of work through it and figure it out. Uh, I, I just think this is something that could go pretty deep into spring training, and um, everybody's just going to kind of have to be in wait-and-see mode. A lot of excitement for the Brew Crew. I know people are, are pumped and are excited to get out there and see these guys in their new uniforms. So that's going to be something to watch. Plus a lot of news still to drop for this team. So uh, we'll, uh, we'll be talking about that in the next couple of weeks. That's going to do it for us here on MLB.com Extras, our Brewers edition. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Adam, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. All right. See you, Alexa.